mateys, welcome to the latest episode of Ruminations of Red Rum. We're talking sharks, 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 sharks. Uh, today, uh, you might only be hearing two voices. Mm-hmm. That's because it is just me, Brendan, the new blood, with the always wonderful, always amazing Kyle. time to get (laughs) my blunder out your booty (laughs) i got nothing Uh, hey brendan how's it going uh it is uh it's it's going all right a little uh little hungover um but uh how are you how have you been doing what have you been uh consuming not much actually i've dived down a very deep and dark rabbit hole lately um, with a game on Xbox, and it's called Power Wash Simulator. Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you about this game, Brennan. Um, have you ever used a power wash before? Uh, I have. Okay, it's pretty satisfying. Mm-hmm. Now, this game takes it to an all-new level, okay? It's a small town. A volcano erupted nearby and covered everything in dirt, grime, and dust, okay? Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to power wash the entire town back to its former glory. It's up to six player co op. <laughs> and there are challenge modes. And let me tell you, it's uh, if I still smoked weed, which I don't do it as much anymore, but if I still got like really hard into that stuff, I could find this game getting like <laughs> really ingrained in my mind while I just sit there baked out of my mind, cleaning an entire town. But um, it's really all I've been doing. Is uh, power washing. <laughs> Haven't uh, watched a lot of movies lately. So, so, so something that you could be getting mm. paid to do in real life, uh, right. you're doing ver- nice. nice. Right, exactly. Exactly. I'm doing it for free because I'm just a good person. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I've never played that game, but uh, Film Theory made a video uh, digging into the lore of the mm. game. Mm-hmm. From, what I, from what I remember, it was interesting, um, but I don't remember too much of it. Yeah, it goes pretty deep, man. It's a it's a pretty well written uh, universe. I heard they're going to make a cinematic uh, trilogy out of it, but we'll see. Oh, let's go. Speaking of uh, movies, though, actually, um, what is with the discourse on this uh, monsters trailer? Can you talk to me about this? I want your one hundred percent honesty right now. What are your thoughts on the new Rob Zombie's monster trailer that dropped? Because it's uh, getting sh- it's getting shit on pretty hard. You know, um, I I don't get on Facebook much anymore, but I whenever I do, I always check my usual film pages that I've referenced here <clears throat> in the past. Um, in the past, like five six months, whenever like a new photo releases or a new um, actor joins the cast, all of these fucking pretentious horror snobs keep doing this you know hashtag not my monsters uh rob zombie you know um how how dare he ruin an original um and coincidentally enough uh i've noticed a direct correlation between the hashtag not my monsters people as uh to the people who are also posting uh that they're pissed that gen z found out that kate uh bush made a good song in the 80s I saw you tweet um, that out. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> it, it, it actually really pissed me off. But so when the trailer dropped, I was really nervous. I actually, and I also didn't realize he was doing it in color. 
Um, yeah. I like it. <laughs> I think it looks pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go see it. I've seen every that I could. Um, starting with Halloween, I've seen every Rob Zombie movie in a theater. Um, and even though this movie looks kind of rough and they shot it in 29 frames per second instead of 24, I think it looks a little too polished. Um, but uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, it. Rob Zombie already has like half of the the entire population of Twitter already hating on him for no <laughs> reason. I don't get the hate personally. Like I, I just he's remade some beloved films and or a beloved film, and it was fine. Like it yeah. wasn't enough to like create a hashtag against Rob Zombie and like put him out. Like I. I just don't get the discourse against him. Uh, that being said, <laughs> this Munsters trailer when it dropped, um, I like. I'm a Rob Zombie fan. I like pretty much all of his films that I've I've seen. Um, I haven't seen 31 or uh, the last of the Devil's Rejects one. What's it called? Three from Hell. Uh, three from Hell. Yeah. So those are the two I haven't seen. But everything else, I dig. I dig all of his flicks. And so him making a a comedy, I was already. I mean, if anything, that was the only thing that kind of threw me off. But I mean, it's Rob Zombie. I mean, it's it's whatever. He's a huge Monsters fan. Um, I mean, he's talked about it on multiple interviews how he loves the Monsters. Yeah, he even doesn't before, shut the fuck up about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like even before he like announced he was making this film, he set the stage that like, yo, like I'm I'm legit with this shit. I'm a nerd about the Monsters. I like I love this shit. And so when he was uh, like announcing he was making the film, I was like, okay. Fucking A, Rob Zombie Monsters, let's do it. Now, this trailer dropped, and I will say, it does look shitty, but, like, the, <laughs> the quality of the trailer. The quality of the trailer looks shitty. And it does have, like, a very, um, like, soap opery kind of, like, filter over it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that, um, the, like, the sheen, it, the, the, yeah. the, the, the overly polished auto motion turned on look mm. of a soap opera. Right, exactly, exactly. But, and I also think that the voiceover and the audio in this trailer is just so bad. Like, I think yeah, that's like what the, kind of throws uh, off the entire... Yeah. I, I, I think that was my main gripe with it, It's the, the audio was... Yeah, dude, the audio was the main gripe with, with me on this trailer. And the way they did, like, the music and the way they laid the, like, the track over the footage and the way they laid her her voiceover over the footage was just really off. And I think this is just a bad trailer. Like I genuinely uh, think this is just a bad trailer. I, I don't think I'm going to have to disagree. And I'm going to say, I yeah. think that it's a creative choice. Really? Okay. From, from Rob Zombie, because I feel like this is the first time that he can't do what he's done for every single film he's ever made because this is pg correct uh maybe i i um, wouldn't be surprised if it's pg-13 but i think that he's trying to make a movie that would have that kids that younger people might go to but adults might go to as well so i think he's going to try and make it somewhat cartoonish yeah, totally. Um, and I think that, like, the way that he layers 
the the narrator the the narration voice was bad um but i think that the character voices i think that they're going to be a bit amplified and they're going to sound i don't know if this makes sense but i feel like the voices are going to sound distant so from from the character so it it'll kind of have like a 50s recording booth sound to it. i get what you're saying okay yeah i mean even though i think it was a bad made trailer i i do think that it's not going to be an indication of the quality of the movie because i'm actually going to see it still in theaters Mm -hmm. for sure 100 percent. and i'm looking forward to it and i think that people saw this one trailer and just immediately shit on everything Rob Zombie's ever done yeah. and just like attack him. I don't think that's warranted personally, but I get like, I get your opinion thinking it's a bad made trailer, but I think that's where it kind of stops for me. Yeah. But do you, have you noticed like, is this just turning into a Rob Zombie episode? Cause that's fine. I mean, um, if it is, it is. <laughs> uh, I've noticed as his film started, you know, obviously he had a, even though he was a world famous musician at that point, he had a smaller budget with House of a Thousand Corpses. And then he slowly worked his way up through Devil's Rejects and Halloween to get bigger budgets. And then after Halloween 2, it's just a steep decline in like the budgets. I mean, he even had to, he had to fucking uh, Kickstarter for 31. Um, so it, it's unfortunate to see that he's getting less and less money to work with. Uh, But I think that that's where we're finding in those fringe, you know, first couple movies and the last few movies, since he's had less money to work with, he's kind of had to be creative in other ways. Well, that Um, it kind of reminds me of the trajectory that George Romero went on. Like he blew up with night of the living dead, got more, of a budget with Dawn, got more of a budget with Day, and then peaked at Lan, huge universal movie, blockbuster, but he fucking hated it because he had no creative control over like mm-hmm. half of it. So then he kind of pretty much went rogue, dude, and went on his own and started making his... Like, he was a huge director, like creator, some would say, of like the, the modernized zombie genre, but he went back to making like low-budget indie guerrilla-style films. And I don't... I haven't done too much research into Rob Zombie. I know that he like I've I've heard some interviews where he says that there is a lot of like creative control problems and he has like a really big huge like problem with that, but I don't know if him making lower budget films as of late is a choice or not. It might it might be a choice, but I I don't know for sure. Well, if it is, I I would much rather it be a choice than then he goes to a studio with an idea and they're like, okay, we'll give you a nickel and a shoelace. Have fun. Like yeah, as, as long as it's a choice coming from, cause I was, obs- I'm still obsessed with his music. I, it's pretty much like the only thing that I really enjoyed listening to when I was younger. Um, I just, yeah, I just had him on yesterday. I listened have, to him like at least twice a week. So have you listened to any of his new stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I've heard, um, a, well, I've heard his new EP, but that's it. I haven't heard any of his other stuff yet. Like, gotcha. I, yeah, I think he released a new album, but I just heard the one song and it it was good. I think uh, his music's gotten a lot weirder, but I still really like it. It is. You no, know, it, it has definitely gotten weirder, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, 
it's it's still Rob Zombie. Like it's yeah. like it's nothing that I wouldn't expect as far as a change. It's the shit that he's always been making, just a little weirder. Yeah. I do prefer like the, you know, hillbilly deluxe days and that kind of stuff. Mm, but yeah. Um and some like the like the purist would even go as far as saying like, no, fuck Rob Zombie. It's all about white zombie. But <laughs> which I do like white zombie as well. But um yeah, no, the hillbilly deluxe time frame, that's like the Rob Zombie I grew up with. So nice. I fuck with it. Um but so uh what about uh <laughs> what about uh Hey 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 Brennan, what have okay. you been up to lately? Oh, actually, I forgot. I didn't even, even say that. I was segueing into the movie. Um, I So I watched, obviously, the movie that we're going to discuss today, um, and it left such a bad taste in my mouth that I was like, I need to watch something else because this is... Um, I, I can't even say how low of a bar, how low of a bar um, Noah's Shark sets. So... After I watched that, I watched the Asylum production Six-Headed Shark Attack. Mm. And I watched it. And I enjoyed it. Two uh, stars the, for your first viewing on Letterboxd. Two stars and a heart. Two stars and a heart. And, a heart. Um, and so then I, I went on a walk before work. <laughs> I like how you're setting the, and, and you're I just, setting the scene right now. I just couldn't stop thinking about Six-Headed Shark Attack. There was something inside of me that just could not get it out of my head. So when I got, I cut my walk early. I caught, <laughs> cut my walk short. Mm -hmm. God, I can't speak. Um, and I, I beelined it back home, took a quick shower. And then before work, I put on six headed shark attack again. And I'm just going to say it. Do it. Four out of five with a heart. That movie is pure cinema. Um, and act that actually kind of... Asylum leads into the one of the main things I wanted to, to talk about with you. Um, but after Six-Headed Shark Attack, I did watch um, uh, Sharktopus versus Terracuda, which was my dog's favorite movie, R.I.P. She was the goat. Um, Whenever that movie was on, she would sit on the couch and watch it. And then when the commercials would start, she'd wander away. And then when the movie started back up, she would just appear back next to me on the couch. That's um, amazing. I, I don't know what it was about that movie. Maybe uh, she just understands cinema. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but yeah, otherwise, that's, that's pretty much all I've been doing. And I've been... Uh, the wonderful um andrew grievous over at a uh, 25yl horror obsessive tv obsessive um i reached out to him and he's kind enough to let me hop over to tv obsessive for two articles um that i pitched to him uh there's a an old public access tv show uh from the mid 2000s called the chris gethard show i've talked about it mm -hmm. here before many many times um and he's letting me write a complete uh, episode one to episode 141, um, just basically unbridled article about whatever I want. Uh, so I've been rewatching that 
and I'm just basically going to create a timeline for when characters are introduced, when bits are introduced, when characters um, die off. You know, it, even though it's a, a talk show, um, a call-in TV show, there's characters that die, so it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty great. So I'm excited for that. That's awesome. Is that streaming anywhere? Um, every episode's on YouTube. Every episode's on YouTube. Yep, and okay. it, it's up. It's uploaded by him, so I don't feel like a skis. You know. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, getting the views, the clicks. Money. Yeah, yeah, awesome. But today we are here to talk about a little, a little shark movie from from two thousand one, two thousand twenty one. Wait, what? Two thousand one. It sure looks like it was filmed in two thousand one. I'm so. Uh, I was. I. I was. I was gearing up for you to say great year and I think I just I just I just fucked up that number. Third curveball. 2001 though. Great year. <laughs> <laughs> great year. Oh, oh wait, well, you know, uh, not really. Um it was a rough one. One of the months was great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but uh 2021's uh Noah's Shark uh directed by Mark Polonia. Uh, so I have a theory about this movie and movies like this. Have you ever noticed how a lot of the time they have a very, the creators have very mob sounding names. Polonia. Yeah. No, I gotcha. I think that all of these shit types of movies are funded uh, by the mafia. Either funded by the mafia or used by mafioso types to uh, to claim losses on their taxes, so that they have to pay less money on taxes. Now, do you think these directors that they get to make these movies? Do you think they're like, hey, if you don't make a movie every year for this amount of time, like we're going to come at your family and kill you? Yeah. <laughs> you're all yes <laughs> yes but i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna raise you um oh, oh uh in every year because one two three four five six seven eight nine uh mark polonia has made nine films this year so far that is insane that is insane in 2021 one two three four five six Six films in 2021. He made six movies like this during a fucking global pandemic. This man is goddamn insane. He is a psycho. <laughs> I believe he is now... So, just to give a little context, he started out in, like, the 80s. He's been making movies since the 80s, and I think he's up to, like, 69 films now. He has 69 films. I checked Letterbox, and he has 69 films under his belt. Uh Jesus, that is... He's, like, approaching, like, Steven Spielberg <laughs> for, like, what? films made. So, so I, I just, I don't get what the point of movies like this are. Who's the audience? I... Is it people like us? Is it uh, people who are wearing a straight jacket and a helmet and banging their head against a, a cushioned wall? So I don't have a lot of experience, actually, to surprise you, because we had a conversation prior to recording that um, 
that we're, we'll, we'll get it to the conversation right now, but I don't have a lot of experience with these kind of shit so bad they're good movies. Like, I've never seen a Piranha movie. I've never seen, like, any of these kind of shitty half vampire, half shark, half spider, half dragon, <laughs> half fucking priest, half dinosaur. <laughs> Haven't seen any of these movies, really. Like, I, I do not have a lot of experience. Now, going into this film, I'll tell you that I was not going in expecting quality. I was going in expecting over-the-top craziness. and I didn't get it. I didn't get over-the-top craziness. In fact, for the movie to be called Noah's Shark, I didn't even get a lot of shark. And I'm a little disappointed in this. With, with movies like this, um, you'll, you'll find a lot of that. Like if it's called uh, Hunting Bigfoot, and it looks like this, you'll probably get three minutes. minutes of Bigfoot and then 60 minutes of uh, people looking into a camera and reciting lines. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly what I got. Um, but going back to our previous questions, who is this made for? It's not, it's not getting a, you know, a wide release. It's, it's not being promoted in any way, shape, or form. So it's not getting any advertisements anywhere. It's going directly to streaming services, like very, like discreetly. Mm-hmm. Who, like who are they making these films for, Brendan? So, um, you you are familiar with Asylum, right? Yes, I've heard of it. Okay, and are are you familiar with the uh, writer director Neil Breen? No. Okay, well, uh, Neil Breen is a. Uh, really big right now for a movie that he made called Fateful Findings, which has the production value, the look, and the sound of Noah's Shark. But he's so unself-aware that he's so genuine with his performance and his editing and his releasing of the films that those movies are so bad that they're fun. Asylum movies are so bad that they're fun. Sometimes you'll have an outlier like Six-Headed Shark Attack. Sometimes you'll have um, their typical trash like Transmorphers or something. Mm -hmm. Those movies have a certain level of entertainment value to them. Movies like this, it, it can't even follow. Nothing happens in this movie and they still fuck up the continuity. They, they, they fuck up their line delivery. Like the amount of times where someone messes up a word in the middle of a line and they just keep going. Dude, the continuity is bad in yeah, a lot like, of the scenes. Like right from the beginning when they're filming the priest um, with the the camera that says record in the top left because this is a, a I guess it's going to be partly found footage for some reason. Yeah. Um, there's a knock on the door in the camera, the found footage camera cuts to the people outside and there's no other camera. There's one camera like <laughs> fuck. Oh my God. It's so I like frustrating. How the priest, I like how the priest is getting accused of raping a, a possessed underage person. And the only comeback the mom has is you're on basic television or you're on basic cable television. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude, she just he just <laughs> raped your possessed daughter. But all right, cool. Okay, so um, you'd be okay if it was on HBO. Gotcha. Yeah, right. Um, 
Yeah, no, the continuity's bad. There's, you know, it's easy to point them out, but, like, there's scenes, like, uh, towards the end where one of the members of the Sons of Noah, I think they call themselves, he, like, cuts himself and the blood sprays all over the car and then it switches to the next scene of the car, like, driving away and there's no blood on the windshield whatsoever. I'm like, all right. Also, in between that, they put on and remove the front license plate two times. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, yeah. There's um, there's there's that. Did you notice how fifty percent of this movie is stock footage, and then forty percent is that shitty fucking car? Yeah, the um, a, a, a lot of it is stock footage, especially with the shark. Um, which okay, hold on. What's what's up with the dude cutting his hand off? Like, why does he have to cut his hand off? Because they did an Evil Dead. Is there any explanation on what, like, he, he just cuts his hand off, but why? Uh, he, he gets bit by the shark in the hand, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, maybe he knew that the shark was possessed and (laughs) thought that he would get possessed. Um, Gotcha. Okay. So, like, yeah, (laughs) when I was going into this film, I, like... In my head, I have all these like things like Megalodon and Piranha 3D and like all these fucking really so bad it's good films. And I'm always I've always been down to watch one, but I've I've never known like which was the good bad films and which was the bad bad films. So I'm like, okay, if this is one of the the good bad films, I'm fucking down. Let's go. It's Noah Shark. We're gonna get at the very minimum some shark attack shit and some crazy shit going on. None of that happened. Really disappointed in this film. Um, I do have a, I do have something for you, Brennan, though. Okay. And it's going to be something I'm going to implement later, but it's, it's going to be a little segment called It's All About the He Said, She Said Bullshit. And yeah, that is in, late, in the memory of late Fred Durst, who is now no longer with us. Um, I have three lines that I'm going to read to you that okay. could be three potential quotes from the movie and I need you to tell me which one is really from the movie <laughs> and which two are made up okay okay I'm ready number one see I know how to use ye in a sentence and <laughs> well, let me back up <laughs> see I know how to use ye in a sentence and they say I'm not a man of religion <laughs> That's number one. Number two, usually I would find blasphemy really hot. <laughs> number three, I could smash some bacon right now. Which one of these are in the film? See, I can, I can picture Buster saying the second line, um, but I'm pretty sure that Buster says I could smash some bacon right now. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. You are correct. Yes. Also, four extra points. All three of those lines are in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't pick just one I wanted, so I decided to just put all three of them in there. Oh, that's Um, so good. Yeah, so Buster's character, he had moments where, like, you could almost see real acting shine through for a second. Like, a glimpse, like Mm -hmm. a millisecond. And then it just evaporated. Like, towards the end, when he actually draws some tears, 
and like he has like that kind of like really for this movie really good character arc where he's a total piece of shit and then by the end he's like i know like now i believe in god i want to do things for good i want to be a good person and then he immediately dies it's so funny how like out of nowhere that conversation comes to it's so right. great <laughs> did you <laughs> it notice gets, it gets really deep for like no reason did you notice how every single scene of jed she's smiling she yeah does, she, she does not she breaks character smiling. a lot yeah she, she breaks character a lot i'm i wouldn't be surprised if they said that her and Buster were like in a relationship in real life. Like I yeah. feel like they just got her to be in the movie because they didn't have anybody else. Um, and then the cameraman, the cameraman with the worst deliveries ever. He's actually the director. I was just gonna say, isn't that yeah. uh, Mike Palimo? Yeah, I'm wondering if he is purposely delivering the lines that way, or if that's just uh, that's just how he is. Also, you know. Not that the cameras that they were using were too expensive, but if I was filming something and the guy that I was filming was like, no, leave your camera here. We'll destroy the footage. I was like, I'd be like, we can delete the footage, but you know yeah. how fucking expensive this camera is? I'm not leaving it on the snow. And what kind of twist is like somebody <laughs> picking up the camera? Like, what are they going to do with the camera footage? They're going to get rid of it? They're going to destroy it? Noah's Shark 2, man. Jesus Christ. So so now you know when Noah's Shark 2 comes out, we're legally obligated to cover it. Okay, Loki though, if it does come out, I'm down to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I almost feel like I have to now since I've, you know, seen this one. Um, I'm really bummed though by the lack of uh violence gore and shark attacks in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Like there's none. Except for the very end where Jed gets uh Jed gets like her face bitten off like kind of half on screen half off screen um, yeah i was like oh here we go and then nothing nothing. <laughs> nothing and then the fucking scene where the shark is like swimming away from the can or the camera and they put that like blood raising from the bottom powerpoint presentation like fucking mm -hmm. gif right in front of the screen you're like hell yeah dude i used to do that in eighth grade <laughs> on powerpoint let's that go is, mark that is dope um yeah, you got anything else on this one? The only thing I was going to say is this movie is 111 minutes long. Yeah. And five minutes is the opening um, credits that that take place uh, on the open ocean. And the last five minutes of this movie is those same exact credits. There's no... Yeah, that's the stock footage. I mean... There's no like open water shit. There's no, no. like, it, it, this is a shark movie. There was no shark. And like looking at the cover right now, you got elephants, you got uh, giraffes, you got lambs, you got shark. Get to higher ground. The, the tagline they is were on ground, ground the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> they were on ground the whole movie. Oh, also, um, I did research. So remember how they say that they're going to Palestine? Or I'm sorry, they say they're going to Israel. Iran, right? Um, initially they were going oh, to did. Israel. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I, I was looking, they're supposedly in Jerusalem. It snows once every four to five years. Uh, like, like a heavy snow, like the snow that they're getting in that movie. Mm -hmm. And it only ever flurries every once in a while. 
So just the fact that they say that they're going to Jerusalem and they go and film in the middle of a goddamn snow squall. I've I'm done. Mike Mike Palomino, you haven't done it. I keep okay. looking up his name. But. Also, don't snakes hibernate in the winter? They caught a snake and ate it. Don't yeah. snakes hibernate? Yeah. I, I think so. Like snakes aren't in I'm gonna look that up really quick. Hold on. <laughs> snakes hibernate. Yes, yeah, snakes do hibernate. It's not the traditional way we think of hibernate. Instead, they go into something called brum brumation in the winter. They have to go into this state of partial dormancy of partial sleep because they need to conserve energy for breeding and other activity for the warm winter months. They go into deep hibernation in winter. Yeah, okay. So that alone, okay, that that is a, okay, as a as a uh, as a cryptozoologist. Indie, as an indie <laughs> filmmaker, that's an oversight I can understand. I mean, unless you really know snakes and go, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have put a snake in this scene because it's fucking winter. That's something I could see being overlooked. So I'll I'll give them that. That's fine. I'll let that pass. But um, I did want to give two shout outs actually. Okay. And one of them, okay, so were they in Israel or were they in Iran or where were they in the snow? I I thought that they were in Jerusalem, but I could be wrong on that. Okay. Well, in any case, the two soldiers that come out of nowhere and chase them down, shout out to them because their acting skills were on point with them waving their heads in the air, looking up in trees for them and shit, and like waving their guns around like they just don't care. I like those people, and I hope they get into more films. Number two shout out is, I guess the music in this movie was by Ghost, not to be confused with the popular metal band Ghost. It's a... Yes! Oh my god, yes. And their scenes were this fucking... Dude, this synth fucking slaps like Carpenter style, dude. <laughs> So whoever they are, I tried to look them up. I can't find any information on them whatsoever. I looked on iTunes, Spotify. I even tried to Google them. Can't find information from anywhere. So if it's like one or two people out there that are just that name themselves Ghost and put them in the credits, shout out to you guys. <laughs> um, okay, so it turns out that Mount Ararat, which is supposedly where they were going, is neither in... Iran or <clears throat> or Israel or Palestine, however you want to refer to it as, it's in mm. Turkey. Oh, that's right. They did say that. Um, and the other piece of information I just found out is Ryan Dalton, who plays Buster Pretorius, is the adopted son of the screenwriter. Oh, adopted son. He he looks like he'd be an adopted son. Like <laughs> he does. If we're gonna, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm not like trying to. No father could love him. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so I think we get into final thoughts and move it, move on with our lives. Fair enough. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah. Um, the soundtrack slap, dude. <laughs> it was an amazing soundtrack. Shout out to Ghost, not the metal band. Um, I. I'm very disappointed though. I was looking for a very bad movie. It was good. Didn't get that. I was looking for at least some sharks. Barely got that. And uh, the gore kills, not there. Acting, not on point. Everything was kind of a disappointment. And uh, I'm glad to put it past me. So I'm going to give it a half star. I. Oh, and I would not add it to my collection. <laughs> 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 um 
I streamed this on the back of a toilet seat. Uh, um, I wanted Shark Exorcist. Yeah, Shark good. Exorcist. I haven't seen even it, even though it has it a sounds lower, better. Even though it has a lower rating than this, there's more shark, and it's more comical. This movie is dog water. Um, Gigi's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't make nine movies in one year. Maybe focus on making one really good one. Or one really bad one. It's so good. Yeah, there you go. Do something. Don't do this. Nobody watch this movie. Tubi, take it down. Uh, I can't give it a zero, so I'm going to have to give it a 0.5 with no heart. And I would add it to my collection just to, just to, to break it. Nice. Um, well, that being said, it's time for your favorite game. But before we get there, please enjoy this quick commercial break from the Ruminations Radio Network. You've been listening to another fine, fine podcast on the Rumination Radio Network. This is Game Agent E.T. from Oh God, It Hurts! And we hope you keep on listening to our fine, fine podcast here on RuminationsRadioNetwork.com. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed that wonderful advertisement from the Ruminations Radio Network. I know I did. It's time for your favorite game. Is it fresh? Is it rotten? I don't know. Is it fresh? The game where my contestants have to guess if a film is fresh or rotten with only the guidance of me providing a description of the film. Rotten Tomatoes uses a 100-point scale. Any rating 60% or higher is fresh, and anything below is rotten. If they guess fresh or rotten correctly, they move to round two, where they have to guess the percentage that is within 7% of the actual score, and if they are correct, they get awarded a second point. With it just being the two of us today, each of us have picked out three films to challenge each other in a game of wits. We're going to read off a description of the film. We have to guess, again, if it's fresh or rotten, and we'll go from there. Brennan, I'm going to let you take the honors on this because you are hosting. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. Six years ago, Lee Ronan is cursed after breaking a religious taboo. Now, she must protect her daughter from the consequences of her actions. Genre horror. Read it one more time, I'm sorry. Okay. Six years, <clears throat> Six years ago, Lee Ronan is cursed after breaking a religious taboo. Now, she must protect her daughter from the consequences of her actions. Genre horror. Lee Ronan sounds like a badass, so I'm gonna go fresh. Ooh. Is rotten. All right. 2022's Incantation, directed by Kevin Coe, written by uh, uh, Kevin Coe. Kevin Coe and Chi Wei Chang. Um, have you heard of this movie? It, oh, it's uh, sitting at a 58 audience. Oh, so close. I have heard of it. I have not seen it. I, I really want to see it. All right, you ready? I am ready. Poking around in a church cellar, a priest finds an otherworldly vial filled with slime. Frightened, 
he brings his discovery to a circle of top scholars and scientists who eventually learn that the strange liquid is the essence of Satan. The slime then begins to seep out, turning some of the academics into zombified killers. As the possessed battle, the survivors, student Kelly, is infected by a large quantity of the liquid and becomes Satan personified. The director. Oh, I'm sorry. The genre. (laughs) (laughs) The genre is horror. I'm 99% sure that this is from beyond, so I'm going to say fresh. It is, in fact, fresh. Guess the percentage. Uh, 72. 72, yeah. That is incorrect. It is at 61% with Mm. 10,000 plus ratings. Directed by John Carpenter. His highest rated film is Halloween at 96%. This is the 1987 film Prince of Darkness. Oh, I... I even love that movie. Oh, I've never it. seen it, and this sounds amazing. I love John Carpenter, so I added this to the watch list after reading this description. I was like, yep, adding. And it has Alice Cooper in it, too. Does it? Yeah, yeah. He oh, plays, dude, I'm down. He plays, like, the lead homeless person. Oh, dude, I'm so down. Yeah, dude, I'm watching yeah. that soon. Um, I don't know why I thought it was from Beyond. Um, anyways. <clears throat> uh, oh, I thought this was a horror m- Okay, I'm... I would change it, but I, I definitely thought that this was somewhat considered horror, so I'm sticking with it. Um, You're good. Miles is a video game developer who inadvertently becomes the next participant in a real-life deathmatch that streams online. While Miles soon excels at running away from everything, that won't help, help him outlast Nyx, a killer at the top of her game. Genre action. I think I know what this movie is. Like, in my head. I'm going to go rotten. Yep, 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 yep. Guess the percentage. And I'm going to guess 31%. Ooh, it is 40%. It is (gasps) 2019's Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo, okay. Is that with, uh, what's his face, Harry Potter? Ratty, yeah. Yeah, that's Ratty, okay. Uh, directed right. by Jason Lee Howden. Um, I know Ian doesn't like it. I thought I, I thought it was pretty fun. Yeah. Well, I, I like Radcliffe. I'll check it out. All right. After a comet causes a radiation storm on Earth, machines come to life and turn against their makers. Hold up in a North Carolina truck stop, a group of survivors must fend for themselves against a mass of homicidal trucks. A diner, cook, Bill Robinson, emerges as the unlikely leader of the pack, attempting to find an escape plan for himself and the survivors, who includes his boss, his friend Bubba, and a newlywed couple. Homicidal Trucks. I love this movie. My mom and I were just talking about this movie the other day, actually. Um, So I don't exactly remember the score, but I do remember that it's very rotten. That is correct. Guess the percentage. Oh, I really went. I remember that the uh, that the critic score is like a ten or a twelve. Um, fuck. But I remember that the audience was higher, but not by much. Uh, I'm gonna say thirty-five. That is incorrect. Oh. It is sitting at fifty percent. 
with 25K ratings, directed by Stephen King. His only directorial debut, which is kind of cool. Makes me want to watch it. Also, the fact that it stars Emilio Estevez, a Stephen King movie starring Emilio. I really want to watch this. It is the 1986 film Maximum Overdrive. That movie's got a killer soundtrack, though. Dude, directed by Stephen King about homicidal trucks starring Emilio. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Sign me in. I'm pretty sure ACDC actually does the whole soundtrack for it. Interesting. But I could be wrong. Yeah, dude, I picked this one too. I'm like, add it to the watch list. <laughs> like, I, I just keep adding these to the watch list. Oh, shit. Um, all right, I'm ready. Third right, and final, one. right? <clears throat> yeah. All right. In a tiny California... Oh, this is so long. Jesus. Well, Shawnee Smith was in this? Okay. Um, <laughs> in a tiny California town, high school students, Brian, Kevin Dillon, and Meg, Shawnee Smith, oh, and Paul, Donovan Leach, discover a strange gelatinous substance that melts the flesh of any living creatures in its path. The deadly substance gets into the sewer system where it begins growing uncontrollably, occasionally emerging to feast on unsuspecting townspeople. A military cleanup crew is sent to eliminate the menace, but it may end up doing more harm than good. Isn't this genre horror? The blob or stuff or something like that? Blob stuff? Um, I'm gonna go f- fresh. <laughs> I'm gonna go fresh. Oh no! Is it right? Oh uh, yeah, it's sitting at an, an audience fifty-six. Oh, oh okay, so okay. close. Okay, uh, but uh, it was 1988's The Blob. The Blob. Okay, okay. Interesting. Well, I'm still gonna read off the last one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Foster parents, Mark and Jesse, welcome eight-year-old Cody into their home. The boy tells Jesse that he's terrified to fall asleep, but she assumes it's just a natural fear for any young child. The couple become startled when their dead biological son suddenly appears in their living room. To their surprise, Cody's dreams can magically become real, but so can his nightmares. Mark and Jesse must now uncover the truth behind Cody's mysterious ability before his imagination harms them all. Genre horror. If I remember correctly, this is probably the only Mike Flanagan movie I don't like. Um, So I'm going to say Rotten. It is in fact Rotten. Guess the percentage. I'm going to say 40. You got it right. Oh, shit. Really? Seven. Not, not, not um, on the dot. Not on okay. the dot. <laughs> Sorry, I got really excited. <laughs> 47% with 10K plus ratings. Directed by Mike Flanagan. His highest rated film is Hush at 93%. It is the 2016 film Before I Wake. Never seen it. I don't recommend it. He has so many other good movies that I recommend over that mike flanagan is uh um what's he's, it called um, he's oculus the haunting of midnight Hill mass Bly right? manor midnight mass yeah i just started watching midnight mass yesterday i watched the first episode for the oh, first it's time so good um it's gonna be intrigued so far yeah we're gonna watch uh episode two maybe even three today so we'll see how that goes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so just uh before brennan uh brings us out here uh, it looks like the year to date score is Ian four. Brendan is now at 15. Kyle's at five. And Mitch is at one. 
that's uh that's pretty solid pretty solid for you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> you got a pretty strong lead um so uh next week we'll be ending can i can i say what we're ending next week with or ending sure. shark shark month with shark sure. shark weeks um, shark shark life uh we're gonna be doing uh deep blue sea deep blue sea um, I don't know why I put the inflection on C and my voice cracked. Um, so I'm just going to move on and say this has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the cyanide kombucha of mm. the Ruminations Radio Network. Hell yeah. I have been your host, Brendan the New Blood. And with me, as always, is Kyle. I could also smash some bacon right now. And Mike, Alaska, um, I'll shout out to you because Ian's not here to do so. Um, don't watch this movie. Go watch Six-Headed Shark Attack instead. Stay spooky, folks.